All right, welcome to Old School, everybody. Jane Huger, Ben Banquets, uh, sponsored by shoptyt.com, obviously. Progressives versus everybody right now, shoptyt.com. It's on there. So is this TYT hoodie. Okay, uh, Mankiewicz versus everybody, uh, not on the shop. Uh, okay, uh, lots to get to, kind of true, kind of not true. Uh, but uh, I want to start with bio breaks. Um, so in a previous old school episode, I'm pretty sure it was a post game, doesn't matter. Uh, I don't think I was around for whatever you're about to discuss. Yeah, you might have been on a bio break. Might have been on a bio break. <laughs> <laughs> we had discussion of uh, business lingo. So it's a little bit mm. different language. Well, it, you know how I feel about business lingo. Yeah, uh, you love it, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and and so there's different ways of saying uh, things that we're familiar with. Yeah, right? yeah, business lingo is repulsive. And the people who <laughs> use it are unctuous, and I want nothing to do with them. <laughs> now, I will disagree with one part, that the people who use it are unctuous, because they, uh, it is, it's so accepted in the industry that it will seem as if you do not speak the language, and you'll be Maybe not now, the people who were using it seven <laughs> years ago were unctuous. Okay, I hear you. But like, so there's just, yeah, and we went over a couple of things, I'll probably pick a couple of random other examples. Level up, uh, we need to level up. Uh, means um, that person's not that good at his job. We need to hire someone better. Mm -hmm. Is that <laughs> okay. right? Yeah. Yes, that's okay. right. That's what it means. We need to level up in that position. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't like that sentence. <laughs> By the way, I mean, like, every, night, to be like, I understand. That's why I'm bringing it up. That's I understand. Yeah. The people who use it don't, aren't are not bad people, but 98 mm -hmm. percent of the people in the country would not like. That. <laughs> I mean, no. I'm never going to be close friends with anybody who uses that and doesn't. Wince afterwards. Like yeah. I get that you might be in a room and you got, I got as my boss. This is his lingo. I got to say it. But afterwards, you gotta like you gotta get out of the building and shake it off. Yeah. Shake it off. Yeah. Okay. Now, and I'm and I'm being totally serious here when I say that. Look, if you were in that bubble and in that context, everyone says it. So you it would they you would not feel that way. And they're good people. Okay. They so. <laughs> Just won't buy it. He's not budging. Okay, but I get that if you're not in that context, yes, it does sound off-putting. Okay, it doesn't uh, sound off-putting. It is off-putting. Okay, uh, so which leads me to bio breaks, mm -hmm. which I think I did mention last time. But now I have grown greatly fond of this euphemism. Mm -hmm. So uh, I can't even imagine what it is. It's like not a coffee break. It's a bio break. Oh, you don't know what it is? No, I have no idea. Oh, I did it glad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now you'll be in the middle of a long meeting. It's uh, and we're in an hour two or three, and somebody say, "Just hey, take a bio break around now, right?" And people are like, "Yeah, I say, I'll let bio break." Yep, and that means just get your biology right. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, go to the bathroom uh -huh. uh, and and maybe uh, get a snack or a coffee. Oh, so so, so it's mean, biology so, in both it, directions, right? It's 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 take care of human biology. Take That's care right. of, Take care of human needs. That's right. Yeah, and and that I and I liked. It. I've grown, like I said, I, I've grown to like that euphemism because I mean, what are you gonna do in the middle of a uh, business meeting, like? I, I got to drop off a couple kids at the pool. <laughs> no, you're not going to say that, right? I, I, you're, like, I got to go to Lou. I got to yeah. go visit Sweet Lou Pinella. I have a <laughs> uh, uh, suggestion. This was a radical suggestion, I know. Um, but what if, and just hear me out, what if you just said, we've been going about two hours now. Let's take, uh, let's take a short break, be back in 10 minutes. I'm guessing there's some chance that the people on that break would think, now's the time to use the bathroom or get a snack. <laughs> And if you don't get that, then the company's going to need to level up and eliminate. <laughs> yeah. No, but but bio break is, means like, look, I gotta, I, I, I know, but it, it is, it's a, it's a way more pleasant way of saying, look, guys, I gotta take a leak. We've been in here for two and a half. But hours. we never, but nobody needs to say that either. <laughs> Can we take a break? There've been breaks. That's why the judge says we're gonna take a short recess. Be back in fifteen minutes. Mm. But Nobody imagine, goes, judge, is this a bio break? Yeah, imagine. <laughs> Your Honor, quick question. <laughs> yeah. This recess. <laughs> but imagine. Can I get Doritos and piss? <laughs> <laughs> is that okay, Your Honor? And you know what yeah. he would respond? Oh, why didn't you just say you <laughs> needed you a bio, bio break? break. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, 
gaslighting. We've also talked about this in the past. Yeah, this is going, that's gone too far. But I mean, it's gone too far because there's too much gaslighting. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's it's a real thing. It's it's, real it's, thing, it's, it's never going away either. No, because it's just- uh, It's too effective. It, it is, yeah. and it's a trait of some folks. Uh, and then and then they get positive reward for it because it does work. And so then they become that person. And it's just, it's, it's like saying, hey, are people, uh, uh, shy people, are they ever going away? No, there's no. extroverts, there are introverts, shy people are gonna be around forever. Gaslighters are gonna be around forever. So if you're not familiar with gaslighting, which um, I wasn't until like a year ago, and then I was like amazed by the concept. And I was like, yes, that's what's been happening to me my whole life. Uh, is so someone making you feel like you're the one who took the crazy pill, when in fact, it's them manipulating, okay? Uh, and ben claims it has something to do with an old movie. He's yeah. totally biased. Right, totally. Okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, name of the movie that it's taken from? We went through this last time. Let's see if I remember. Jesus Christ. Gaslight? Hey, there we go. <laughs> okay. Hey, listen. Would a hero get that right on the spot? I don't know. <laughs> so, um, I got gaslit the, uh, the other day on, uh, in a business context. Not gaslighted, gas gaslit? I think gaslit. Gaslit, yeah, think gaslit right Nation now. is the name of a yeah, podcast. Yeah, right, 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 that's right. right. Yeah. So, and if and a podcast has it, must be true. No, obviously. Um, so, unless the podcast is gaslighting us. Mm. Mm. Okay. Uh, and and I was a little nervous going into that call, and you might think that's funny uh, because I don't project a lot of nervousness, right? And and I'll be honest with you, it was a person that intimidates me a little bit, and that doesn't happen very often, right? But it exists, okay? And so I was already getting intimidated. Uh, Jack actually gave me a little bit of a pep talk. Uh, Jack works here. He's the meth he's method man, uh, and. And he's like, why don't you just tell him what you think and then be done with it? Mm. I was like, God damn it, that's good. Mm -hmm. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> and if you don't know Jack, okay, that's Jack 101. <laughs> why don't I tell you what I think and then be done with it? <laughs> you know, it sounded a little bit like Clint Eastwood. <laughs> it does. I mean, the problem, and I'm not knocking Jack here at all, and it sounds like good advice in the situation, is that people who operate like that, I don't really see Jack as a person who goes around. You know, just saying what he thinks and being done with it. You know, <laughs> I mean, Jack is you know, Jack likes. He's a to, reasonable guy. He yeah. likes to build consensus. You know, he's yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that he's saying it in the context of someone is. Yeah, yeah. In being, this situation, if you think someone's being unreasonable, or they've stated their position, you've stated your position, you guys don't agree. You constantly feel unable to make your position. Like, hey, man, just carve it. Hey, here's what I think. I'm going to say it, and then I'm going to stop talking, and I may even end the conversation. Yeah, right. And so no, Jack will look for unity, but if he yeah. doesn't find it, then he'll find a line instead and he'll mm -hmm. draw it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I like how Jack's become Dirty Harry all of a sudden. <laughs> Go ahead, draw my line. <laughs> but most times it's like Dirty Harry existed in life, and it may be that Clint Eastwood is like this, it turns mm -hmm. out, right? Mm -hmm. um, that person is, uh, I mean, if, if you're not famous, that person will have no friends. Yeah, yeah, because you've drawn too many lines. But you're drawing a line. You're just you're yeah. you're being a bully. Yeah, that's right, right. right. I'd like to take a bio break. I'm gonna have to draw a line on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I no, but like right. Clint, I really got to go to the yeah. bathroom, right? Yeah. No, I'm drawing the line. <laughs> you're like, well, okay, I, but I gotta go. So. I was in a rare before you get on to, to the Jack and the thing because it. Uh, but I, I was in a long meeting last week, like, a, and it went. It, it, they did a thing. It was started at like 10:30 or maybe started at 11, and then. One o'clock was approaching, and there was a, they brought lunch. Like, like fifty people in this meeting, right? And some people on a conference call, and, and they brought lunch. So it's very clear that lunch there was going to be a lunch break, mm -hmm. right? And and the person running the meeting, who I like very much, said, "Okay, just a couple more quick things, right?" Except they weren't quick. They were each like twenty-one minutes at mm -hmm. one, like with the lunch right there. And mm -hmm. so then it went to like one forty-two after starting a little after eleven. And I noticed that people were just taking bio breaks, uh -huh. like which I like. Like, I'm a grown person. I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna go to the bathroom. Yeah. Some guy went and got coffee. Like he was like. So uh, what was this event again? It was just a big meeting, a big company meeting that oh, I company. that, that okay. I that I, so it was a, you know, and 50 people and conference call and. 
Oh, we got it. We're getting an old school rule here in a second. I love this. Keep um, going. And so, uh, and uh, but they they missed the window of ending the meeting. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, yeah. there was a there was a and so so I, I just mean I was in that meeting and I noticed that people were just going. I I was so impressed with how attentive I was from like. 11, 15 to 1, and then when that thing continued and it didn't end at 1 and it went to 142, then I just started playing Sporkle on my phone. Okay, I don't know what Sporkle is, but it sounds the exact kind of thing you would play on your phone. Yeah, it's an app. It's a, it's a trivia game. Of course it is. Yeah, it yeah. has to do with sports. I, it could be. It doesn't always. In fact, I played, it was a Sporkle game I recommended to everyone of Jeopardy, final Jeopardy questions about baseball over the last 35 years. That it did it have asterisks? We designed the scheme for Ben Manquitz specifically. Yeah, well, it, yeah. There's some other people on Twitter. I saw it on Twitter. Some guy was like, "Hey, I just tried the Sporkle." I was like, "107," and we're apparently no closer to these box lunches. I'm playing Sporkle. Okay, <laughs> so there's so many parts of that story that I love. Uh, so uh, number one, that you're like, "Well, look, I, you can't ask me to do better than 11:15 to one o'clock." I gave you everything I had. I gave, right, I, I gave 110%. Right? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. You're going past uh, 1 o'clock. That's not on me. That's on you. Okay. Okay. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not a, I give you till 106. I'm not a, I'm not a crazy person. You know? yeah, you're not unreasonable. But by 103, I got to get the sense that we're in the wrap it up we're stage. We're in the wrap it up stage. Yeah. And that's why uh, I'll often say, look, one last thing or final thing because I'm giving a, a you're giving cue a verbal cue to people to people that I'm not I'm not going to keep you from your box lunch for is, too much longer. Not you don't need to break out sporkle yet. I'm almost done. This is not a filibuster. It's merely an unnecessary point. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, because if you're at a final point, you probably didn't need it. Probably didn't okay. need it. Okay, and you know you had an hour and forty five minutes to make your final point. Mark Thompson <laughs> yesterday on uh, the program, or maybe it was Monday. I don't know. Whatever day I did the show, I did it with Mark and. Uh, uh, Johnny Pie and, and Brooke and uh, uh, Mark kept did that a couple times, just sort of it's very subtly in honor of you. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like one final thing, one one last thing, one final thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, someone here got me a mug that said one super last thing, one super last, <laughs> super last thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I drink heavily from that mug. Um, so, uh, so I, here's the old school rule. Then we'll get back to yes lighting. Uh, First uh, rule is adults can go to the bathroom anytime they like. That's right, anytime they like. Yeah, you an adult never has to ask permission to go to the bathroom. Never, never. It's outrageous. Yeah, I mean, if you're in prison or whatever it is, and you okay, we'll allow exceptions for people who are literally under guard. Okay. Yeah. Right. But otherwise, adults get to go to a bathroom anytime they like. And if it so, rule number two. If a meeting has lasted, and I debated this while you were talking and came up with a number. If a meeting has lasted two and a half hours, you are allowed to do, and see, here's the tricky part, right? It depends on how long it was scheduled for. But you are allowed to take bio or or breaks of any sort, Mm -hmm. okay, unprompted. Like you're allowed to play Sporkle. You're allowed to go to the bathroom without asking. You're allowed to go. You can go, you can go get a cup of coffee and walk a bit. Yeah, right. Like stretch yourself out. Yeah. yeah. If 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 you've gone two and a half hours and no one has offered you uh, a break, mm-hmm. uh, a respite, whatever, right? I think we knew what you meant by break. Yeah, I, but I wanted to use another <laughs> word that was not actually quite as good in that context. Okay, good um, word. Not there. Yeah, yeah, right. not exactly yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, right. So, yeah. totally gratuitous yeah. <laughs> and useless and somewhat counterproductive. Okay, so um, if someone hasn't offered you a break, it's on them, not on you. Hence, you are free to mm-hmm. do whatever you like. Yeah, so I like the idea of somebody just getting up, walking out, and uh, coming back nine minutes later. Yeah. And they're like, you okay? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I just got some coffee and I took a little walk. And they're like, you took a walk in the middle of the meeting? You're yeah. like, hey. That's on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, wh- wh- why did you do that? That's the old school rule. Old school rule. Right. Two hours and 36 minutes, you showed no sign of a break. I had no choice. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me put a very important yeah. corollary. Yeah. Like, if you can, it makes, so like, here's the, the, the two different contexts. If it's a big company-wide meeting, uh, a la what Ben was describing earlier, 
take a walk. You're allowed to do anything you want. There's 58 people in the room. They're not going to yeah. miss you. Right. And and it's okay. They should have taken the break earlier. If it's like a four person, eight person thing, and you're all in a room, and mm -hmm. it's yeah, it's right, more, more then, challenging. Yeah. No. 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 Then the corollary is then you have to ask, mm -hmm. right? Like, hey guys, can we take a bio break here? And if people are like, let's just keep pushing, you be like, okay, great. I'll be right back. Yeah, I don't right? think, like, I don't think we're almost done. Let's keep pushing. We're think almost done like three minutes or 33 minutes. Right. I, I'm gonna disagree with you on the because I don't think you have to say, can we take a bio break? I think you just have to say, excuse me. Uh-huh. You know, and if the person goes, hang on, uh, then that might trigger someone to be like, give me two minutes and we'll take a break. Uh, right? Two you minutes know, is right. totally fine. Right. I will uh, it is permissible. Right. What but about if this? Like, give me 15 minutes and we'll take a break. Like no, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. We're not, no, we're not, not negotiating when I get to go to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know why? I'm an adult. We already established. That's this. right. Yeah. That's right. So if you're in a meeting though for like 13 minutes and you're like, and I'm out of here. Right, right, no, that's not cool, right? right? You can't do that. But two and a half hours in, the onus has shifted. Okay, which leads me to one of my favorite things in the world: a, a rebuttable presumption, mm -hmm. right? If we're in the first half an hour of a meeting, the rebuttable presumption is don't leave the meeting, don't get distracted, etc. We're in two and a half hours into a meeting, there's been no break, the rebuttable presumption is you are allowed to be distracted. Mm -hmm. right, right, Okay, yeah. and you're allowed to take unsanctioned breaks. There, I laid it down, okay? Which will come back to probably bite me later, because I tend to have very long laborious meetings. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so back to gaslighting. So. And this call did not go in the way that I anticipated, which was I anticipated it to be smoother, although I was worried that it wouldn't be smooth, and hence the pep talk from Jack. And and it went rough, right? And and the guy assumed certain things as if they were absolute fact, and I was crazy for thinking otherwise. He assumed facts, not an evidence. That's right. Um, and he and he tried to enter that into the evidence before the bio break. Right. <laughs> uh, and so, and previous uh, versions of me, uh, so when I was immature in forty-seven, mm. uh, would have uh, would have been intimidated by that. Are you forty-eight now? Yeah. So you're about to be forty-nine. Yeah. Well, that's a shame. Yeah. Thanks for pointing that out. I appreciate yeah, it. Sure. Um, okay. So, um, God, we're all so old. You know how old Jr. is? Yeah, Jared's gonna. What, you're gonna tell me Jared's forty. He just turned thirty-nine. Yeah. Oof. When he came here, he, he was, was like, a kid. He was like nineteen. Yeah, he was. In, he was. A, he was a college student at USC. Yeah, I mean, he was not obviously. He was like yeah, 20, 20, 21, 22, 22, Yeah, twenty-two. Yeah, twenty-two. What? Well, whatever. No, must have been a little bit uh, older than that. But still, he was could a have been kid. twenty-two. This is seventeen years, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he was there right pretty quick at the yeah. beginning. So yeah. Wow, man, yeah. JR's 39, he JR's came gonna here be to 40. intern as a student. That's a, well, tomorrow's our 17th anniversary. Yeah. Okay, so anyways, and, and since- We started on Valentine's Day? Yeah, because uh, Sirius Satellite Radio launched on Valentine's Day. Oh, okay. Cool. Okay, we actually did our first show uh, in- January. January, yeah. right? Uh, and that's the one we sent in and the one they aired. That's uh, it, right? But, uh, but- it officially went on air on February 14th, 2002. Right. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, I'm just a little proud of myself that I s stood my ground. And uh, and I was like, okay, that's how you see it. And I see it the other way. And so that's okay. We see it differently. He's like, no, no, but that's what you're saying is really not normal and not, uh, you know, is. He said it was wrong or wrong or whatever, right? I don't remember the exact words. And he's just coming at it from a perspective. I don't think he's trying to gaslight me. I don't think he's coming at it from a bad perspective. I'm not trying to put anything on him, even though I'm not telling you who it is and you have no way of knowing. Uh, so I genuinely mean it. Like I, I'm sure that he totally believed what he was saying. Uh, but uh, was he talking about APAC? Uh, no, he was not. <laughs> uh, but I was like, yeah, no. And that's my uh, soft spot. Like, or like, when somebody says, hey, no, Jenk, this is normal, and you're not doing something that's normal, right? You're you're the one out of bounds here. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, and this is really weird if you watch The Young Turks, because I go out of bounds all the time. I'm like, I'm almost like that's I'm partly known for going out of bounds, right? Right. right. But but when somebody says, Jenk, you're going out of bounds, it actually really bothers me. 
Maybe because, and I'm, this is Ben's my therapist and we do this live on air sometimes, but maybe it's because um, like I, it's a point of pride for me that I'm logical. And so if someone is basically implying, no, you're the one that's being irrational, it makes me go, hmm, am I? Like, am I, am I doing something wrong here? Am I doing something that's out of bounds and, and abnormal? Uh, but I realized, no, that's just a, you know, it's partly a strategy. Uh, he does, even if he doesn't mean it as a strategy, it's a strategy that he's using, right? And I was like, okay, agree to disagree. And that was how it ended? And pretty much, and, and, uh, and I was like, I got off the phone and normally I'd feel terrible after one of those calls. Mm -hmm. I felt fantastic. All right, well, that's good, yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, honestly speaking, your truth, like Jim McGreevy, 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 McGreevy. Um, that was an expression that never existed, and then sort of took hold, and that everyone, like I'd never then, heard that in my life, and I've heard it ten thousand times since then. Yeah, yeah, that's right. My truth. Yeah, yeah. So Jim McGreevy was the governor of New Jersey, and uh, uh, he uh, turned out he was closeted. Uh, how did they? "Quote unquote," catch him. Do you remember? Because he, uh, I think he appointed his lover to a uh, lover. Uh, he appointed that, the, that is a really yeah. funny word. Isn't yeah, it? he appointed the man with whom he was having a, a intimate relationship to like a like the, some post. Yeah, but like a homeland security post. Oh yeah, it was yeah. one of import. It was one of that needed some, that needed. I think he was Israeli. So just we have a hey, 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 hey. Sorry. Sorry, okay, I, right. I, I regret it. I apologize. <laughs> okay. um, yeah. uh, and so, you know, there's always an assumption with an Israeli. That, <laughs> again, I'm sorry, it's twice. Uh, that they're, uh, you know, that they're, uh, uh, that they're badasses and, and are going to be great at security. I know. Right? right? That's but, so funny. Right. But and that's why. Uh, uh, I'm like, I guess probably in the Mossad, right? I mean, I'm, yeah, that's why Sasha yeah. Baron Cohen's skits were so hilarious. Yeah. He's like, uh, I mean Mossad, not Mossad for 13 years, right? <laughs> right, Mossad, right. And the minute he says Mossad, people are like, oh, no, no he knows security. Right, what do no. you need me to do, get down to my underwear and start right. yelling like a madman? Right, no problem, it. can't do. What do you need me to do, take a, <laughs> I don't know how crass I wanna get here, but take a inanimate object, stuff it into my mouth, <laughs> no problem. No problem. Can't do. He's from Mossad, everybody step aside. <laughs> from Mossad, not Mossad. Okay. Um, yeah, so, uh, so I think he appointed that guy to a position in that sort of, Caused some sort of investigation, and we're not. But it, that, that's what touched it off, and then he uh, came clean, and, and and his wife was by him there. But then they, of course, uh, broke up later. And then he said his truth is that he's a gay American or something. Yeah, yeah. he did. It was yeah. such a, at the time, a, a weird way of saying it. And I gaslit him. I said that is not normal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and now it's like that again. That seemed like it was such a big story, and now it's like. You know nothing, and, and in fact, you're like you know, good, obviously good for Jim McGreevy. Yeah, and not, so obviously there was a healthier way to get to that revelation. Yeah, especially for his wife. Um, yeah, yeah, and, I got and it. It, blah blah blah, and he shouldn't have pointed to the person to the security post, even though he's just really had no security experience whatsoever, etc. But uh, having said that, like. Yeah, okay, so so what, right? And Golan Sippel is his Homeland Security Advisor, though Sippel lacks experience or other qualifications for his position. Uh, to be fair, he did take uh, Jimmy Greeby to heights he had never been before. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, he announced he was gay on October 12th and uh, announced he would resign the governorship. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so I, McGreevy, I, uh, like 10 years later, popped up. And was doing something really great is my rough recollection. Uh, and I was like, look at McGreevy doing good in the world. God bless his heart. And and look, you know what? So look, if you're it's, these days, if you're young and growing up, you get there's people that uh, don't like uh, people in the LGBT community. We did a story about a guy out of West Virginia uh, earlier in the week. I said terrible things, um, but you. A lot of you might not have ever lived it, so you don't. It might be hard for you to relate to. You can logically understand, but hard for you to relate to what a guy like McGreevy had to go through, right? Um, it was 100% accepted that he would be closeted at the time that he was growing up. Uh, not 100% to be fair. Of course, other people were not closeted, but but most were. And then he's getting into politics, and then he had in his mind. 
and understandably so, feel like he had to be closeted. And so you gotta live that for, and for so long and there's so much pressure on you. That's why like it's easy to look and go, oh my God, he, I can't believe that he did this and he put the guy in the post and blah, blah, blah. Now I look back at it like, Bring him back. Yeah, he. Uh, so he. Uh, he. He was a volunteer for Exodus Ministries. This is from Wikipedia. Performed service to former prisoners seeking rehabilitation in the Church of Living Hope in Harlem. He was continuing his training at uh, All Saints Episcopal Church in Hoboken. Uh, that he was uh, uh, trying to be a priest, but it was apparently he was rejected. His application to become a priest was rejected, but he continued to work at. Uh, this uh, work with inmates with drug use and try to rehabilitate them and help them. And it's just, you know, Alexander Pelosi did a documentary on him called Fall to Grace, HBO documentary. Huh. That's a very clever title, too. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah, I know Ben enjoys clever titles. I do, it's a good title. Yeah, uh, she's an interesting filmmaker. Um, so, uh, Anyway, that, that, that's we brought that so up. So he works with it, but he, and, and he's got some job for Jersey City, too. He works with... Uh, 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 helping prisoners reintegrate into the community. So he's still doing that. Yeah. Like, because most people, what they do is they f fall from grace, then they do something that is to rehabilitate your image, et cetera, and then you either get back into politics or you go get a giant uh, paycheck from Wall Street. It's usually how politics works. But it's been like a million years. Yeah, yeah. At least, like, he seems to actually genuinely want to help people. That's at least weird. through 2015, he was still in this. Yeah, when when did he uh, resign? Two thousand four. Eleven years later, he's still running this scam about helping other people. Man, that's admirable. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Or maybe just maybe. maybe. Maybe he's an okay guy. He means it. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Maybe I may, maybe I should bring Jim McGreevy on the conversation. Sure. Kind of like that idea. You know, I still have a couple of uh, uh, people in the back of my head as unfinished business. Uh, like I still want to find. Wait, what did Phil Davison say? Uh, Randy Gonzalez. I still want to find Randy Gonzalez. What Phil Davidson said about Randy Gonzalez? So Phil Davidson's the crazy guy yeah. who was running for something in Ohio. Right? Yeah, some accountant position in Ohio or something. <laughs> and this is like over about a decade ago now. Yeah. Uh, and it was one of the first things that, not one of the first, but one of the among that group that went viral. And he's like, it's elected, I will serve. And was, yeah, I yeah, yeah. Um, uh, who said that? <laughs> <laughs> and it's such a great, you know, can we find Phil Davison? Let's find him, okay? So, and in the middle of one of his rants, he said, so tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell Randy Gonzalez, <laughs> I'm coming, okay? So we found Phil Davison, but we never found yeah, Randy, Randy Gonzalez. Gonzalez yeah. And by the way, we reached out to him. We no no to be more accurate we did find him, and we asked Randy Gonzalez to come on the show, and he's like, "Off, dude." He's <laughs> <laughs> like, "This is already really strange," and I'm like a random guy running for a low level position in Ohio, right? And now all of a sudden everybody wants to like talk to me about how Phil Davidson yelled at me, right? <laughs> so whatever became of Randy Gonzalez? That makes me like Randy Gonzalez. Yeah, the fact that yeah, he didn't yeah, take he was, that he was, spotlight. He was like, I don't, I'm not, it's, this is not why I got into this. Yeah. Yeah. He just wanted to do some accounting. <laughs> I just want to <laughs> add some stuff up for the county, man. Yeah, yeah. That's how Randy rolls, man. Yeah. This job pays $46,000 a year and it's got a government pension, man. I thought it was a good gig. <laughs> I'm an honest guy, you know? <laughs> I wonder if for years and years people came up and told him things because he was Randy Gonzalez. He was Randy Gonzalez. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I have such a cool story about Wolfpack. Okay, are we? Did, did YouTube end? No, not yet. Okay, did we find uh, one did minute? We find Phil okay. Davidson. Yeah, and so YouTube. We're gonna let you go in a minute. So the way old school works is first half an hour is on YouTube. It's on different platforms. So just let it go. Okay, if it's, if this doesn't apply to you. Anyway, first hour is a wonderful I podcast. Love the that's self contained. Yep, where the show is. It's and, always so clear. Yeah, and and the whole hour and a half. So the first half hour is on YouTube, except it's also on other places. But don't worry about it. <laughs> that's how we roll here, yeah. professional. Where's anyway. the second half hour? Uh, it's a podcast. The podcast. Can you find that anywhere else, or is it just our, our first hour? Is a podcast freely available. Everybody can check it out. And they can right. listen to it. Right. But only members get the full hour and a half. Plus, they're the only ones who could watch live. Mm. 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 And we mm. do uh, talk to you guys from time to time when you use that. Uh, so, 
Uh, ironically, uh, YouTube will miss the YouTube star Phil Davison and our breakdown of him. Uh, and you know what? I want to go old school. Can you guys also, when you get a chance, find Oral Roberts? You remember the legendary Oral Roberts one? Yes, we're going old school, old school, okay? Uh, but I'm going to tell you a super cool Wolfpack story. It's quick, so we'll do it before the YouTube break. Um, and Ben, if you'd like, I could explain it more. Okay, you're great. All right, please <laughs> okay. do. Yeah. All right. So. <laughs> Before the YouTube bio break, <laughs> um, so uh, Wolfpack—they're uh, talking to a legislator in uh, in it, one of the states that they're working in. They're not just tell people on like the podcast. What, what is Wolfpack? So Wolfpack's uh, pack to get money out of politics, and um, uh, there's Scrappy. They've, uh, it's calls. Uh, it's asking state by state to call for a convention, and in the convention. You discuss different ideas for getting money out of politics, and at the end of the convention, amendments are proposed. Okay, it's a single topic convention, and so you uh, you can't talk about abortion or balanced budgets. It's just about campaign finance reform. But within campaign finance reform, conservatives can make proposals, liberals can make proposals, etc. And then it, whatever comes out of the convention, then 38 states have to ratify for it to become an amendment. So that's why they're going state by state and getting people to say yes, we would like to have a convention. About campaign finance reform. Okay. How many states need to say they'd like to have it? 34. 34. Okay. And they have five so far. I'm going to testify in the state of Washington uh, in on February 22nd. Come join me. Washington at wolf-pack.com. We'll get you more information. And uh, and hopefully we're gonna bring a whole bunch of people uh, to that committee hearing. Okay. Uh, so um I uh I was talking to one of them, and they were talking to a legislator, and and did he say? Um, he said something like, "You guys, you can come find me." The Wolfpack staffer was saying, uh, and and the guy said back to him, "Otherwise, you'll come for me, right?" Mm. And uh, right. and he was quoting my original speech when I launched it at Occupy Wall Street. Right, right. They're not coming for us anymore; we're coming for them. Right. And I was like, that's kind of badass. Mm -hmm. I like that state legislators know that. Sure. Yeah, that's <laughs> right? good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, Ben, that which matches our theme of, of the day a little bit, which is that we're old. And <laughs> and but that's a good thing. We've been around for so long on the internet that like so Anna's in uh, Munich right now at the Munich Security Conference. The president of Estonia asked to be interviewed by her. And so do the former prime minister of Denmark. Hmm. You know, because they, and this is a phenomenon that happens more in the rest of the world than in America. They go online to watch American news because they don't have American television. They can only see things online. And when they go to see news online, what do they see? They well, see us. Right. Okay. They see others too. They see CNN, you know, et cetera. They're now on YouTube. For a while, they weren't actually. For a while, it was just us. And uh, and so uh, they think, oh, the famous American broadcaster Anna Kasparian is here, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, it's great, and that's pretty neat. I very much want to go to Munich. I've never been to Munich. I've never been to Germany. I've never been to London. That's weird. Yeah, I know everybody. And can. you should be made to feel weird about that. Yeah, I, I already feel weird. <laughs> success that you've achieved success there. I feel yes, I, I feel weird about. It. Uh, but I think the next time I go to Europe, I, I'm fortunate. I think I'm, I'm definitely going to go to London. I'm definitely going to go to to Munich. I don't know why. I'm really into Munich. Yeah, I want to go to Dusseldorf and Stuttgart. You just want to say them. That's true. I mainly want to say them. Okay, uh, YouTube. Much love. See you next time. Tyt.com/slash/join to become a member. Get all all of old school. Okay, uh, Phil Davison, uh, without further ado. My name is Phil Davison. Just on. And I am seeking our party's nomination for the position of Star County Treasurer on November 10th. Okay, oh, we got a piece by piece? Okay, so it turns no. out it was Treasurer. Okay, Stark County. S Stark County? I don't know. I'm going to look him up. Davidson or Davison? Davison. Treasurer. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Let's keep going. November of 2010, excuse me, in terms of my background, I am from the village of Minerva. <laughs> where I'm I am from the village of Minerva. 
every part of this speech is yeah. epic. Yeah. Like you forget how epic it is. You just think, no, there was three or four epic parts. No, there's like eleven epic parts in here. I am from the village of Minerva. Okay, keep it going, brother. Serving my thirteenth year as of elected service as a Minerva Council member. In terms of education, I have a bachelor's degree in sociology, a bachelor's degree in history, a master's degree in public administration, and a master's degree in communication. <laughs> But by the way, that dude was an elected council member and has four degrees, to be fair to Phil Davidson, right? I have a, but, tough, I have a tough time believing that. Yeah, but I mean, he's, he's, so, he's such a goldmine of accidental comedic genius. Because who pauses and then awkwardly says a degree in communication? Like he did not intend it that way, it's awesome, perfect. Okay, next. In terms of elections across Star County, I have represented our party twice on the county ballot. In both <laughs> Why is the county ballot punchline? I have represented my party twice on the county ballot. But he's a little like he's a little like Donald Trump in that in that he doesn't get cadence. Like uh -huh. his emphasis is all on the wrong thing. <laughs> You know, he missed his he missed his moment. Yeah, if he had come at the same time as Trump, maybe he's maybe Trump. Like maybe you know, Phil again, Davis my thought president. was again. I told you this that that Donald Trump's State of the Union speech. It's like his whole plan was to get the Democrats to jump off sides. You know, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's done. Oh no, we crossed the line of the penalty. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah. And as I was saying about uh, the uh, charter schools. She has the research. <laughs> exactly. You're like, what? So I will continue to promote <laughs> cancer research. Teachers have got to learn what's right in school and evolution is wrong. You're like, what? Cancer? We're just talking wait, about wait, cancer. We were talking about yeah. cancer, weren't yeah, we? That's right. <laughs> anyway, um, okay, uh, let's keep going. Primary in the general elections when I ran for Stark County Clerk of Courts in 1996 and Stark County Commissioner in 2000, and I will not apologize for my tone tonight. <laughs> Nor should you, brother. Nor should you. Okay, because your tone is spot on. <laughs> so hold. So does it turn to be Star or Stark? Stark County. Stark. And how perfect? How is perfect it? is that? The, the winter was coming for Phil Davis, and he just didn't know it. Uh, okay. And by the way, how perfect is it that the North remembers? Uh, <laughs> Phil Davison is a guy you cannot forget. Just real quick, a little Phil Davison history. He ran unsuccessfully for mayor of Minerva in 1995. He ran unsuccessfully for the clerk of courts, which he just mentioned in 1996. He also lost a bid for county commissioner in 2000. He first won election to the Minerva Village Council. Uh -huh. <laughs> Village of Minerva. In 1997, re-elected to four additional four-year terms. Huh. Was appointed deputy mayor, decided not to seek re-election in 2013. So 16 years he spent on the Minerva Village Council. Uh, and until 2009, he was employed as a bailiff uh, for a judge at the Stark County Court of Common Pleas. What a fascinating character. Yeah. He's got four degrees, he's a bailiff and a Minerva Village Council member, and what's interesting is, and a hobbit. So this is during his speech during a <laughs> September 8, 2000 town meeting of the Stark County Republican Party at Malone University. Davison delivered a six-minute speech expressing his interest in the party's nomination for county treasurer. Though Davison lost the nomination to North Canton Finance Director Randy Gonzalez, Alexander Zumbar. <laughs> what? <laughs> right. What? <laughs> they right. accidentally got Randy Gonzalez. Right. That, like he was turns out he was collateral damage. <laughs> right, totally. <laughs> <laughs> That's a twist no one expected. By the way, also fitting of Game of Thrones. What would it happen in Stark County but an unpredictable demise? <laughs> okay, by the way, we're not anywhere near done. If you notice, Ben said six minutes. Okay, we got a lot of treasure ahead of us. So let's keep it rolling. I have been a Republican in times good, and I have been a Republican in times bad. Kind of like this one. <laughs> Keep it rolling. <laughs> He's awkwardly walking around the room. Albert Einstein issued one of my most favorite quotes in the history of the spoken word. And it is as follows. 
in the middle of opportunity. He forgets. Excuse me, in the middle of difficulty lies opportunity. I'm going to repeat that so I have clarity tonight. In the middle of difficulty lies opportunity. (laughs) Okay, I challenge you to get high and listen to this and not laugh for the rest of your life. Okay. (laughs) It is his most favorite quote. And he forgot it in the middle. And he's got a degree in communication and he's not gonna apologize for his tone, except for when he went (gasps) God, man. Okay, epic, not done. This is the opportunity we've been waiting for. Really? Treasurer? The Stark County County Treasurer's Office is a mess. (laughs) It is in dire need of structure and guidance. See, he was Trump before Trump. Trump, it's a mess. We're not winning with the Stark County Treasurer's Office. (laughs) But if you elect Phil Davidson, you're going to get tired of winning. Maybe Randy Gonzalez was already the treasurer. Uh, Okay, (laughs) depends. Obsessed with finding Randy. Good, good. I want to find him. All right, keep it going. And now is the time to seize this opportunity with an aggressive campaign and an even more aggressive campaigner. <laughs> well, look, you know, I always ask for an aggressive campaigner, right? Yeah, okay. Well, asking you shall receive. So he's also a Jetta before a Jetta. <laughs> All right. If nominated tonight, I promise each and every person in this room. I will hit the ground running, come out swinging, and end up winning. <laughs> Does anyone think that he wouldn't come out swinging, though? <laughs> to be fair, I mean, that guy is definitely going to hit the ground running, okay, and come out swinging, okay? So it's so far, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm a little convinced. Okay, uh, let's keep it going. Let's send a message tonight. To the people of Stark County and to the people of the Stark County Democratic Party, <laughs> we're tired of business as usual. Drastic times require what? Drastic measures, yes. Who said that? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> he says drastic times require what? He goes, and somebody said drastic measures, right. but you can't hear. And he goes, drastic measures. Who said that? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Okay. Okay. I think the main question at hand is what he was on that night. Right. Right. Because I mean that is not. I don't mean to gaslight you, Phil, but that is not normal. Um, okay. I've un- is he, do we. I'll t- I'll save the Randy Gonzalez answer is not that interesting, but let's wait till we get to it. Okay. All right. Let's keep it going. Thank you. Drastic times require drastic measures. They do. They do. We will not tolerate. Incompetence and irresponsibility any longer. <laughs> now is the time to snap the Democratic stranglehold on the treasurer's office in two. And I harken back to what my friend Alex just said. He ran against the treasurer in 1996. It was a problem then, it's a problem now. Infestation. Get hold, hold. What did you say? Infestation? Yeah. I'm telling you, every word is gold. Yeah. Like needless, hilarious, infa- uh, 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 what am I saying? Inflection on infestation, <laughs> irresponsibility, right? Yeah. And I, I love that. Not- <laughs> <laughs> Who said that? Yeah. Okay. Um, yellow 22, yellow 22. Go, 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 go. <laughs> <laughs> Omaha, Omaha. Okay. But I like that the Democrats, apparently, we found the one place in the country where they're so strong. They have a stranglehold, a stranglehold on the Stark County Treasurer's Office. They do, and, they're, they're, <laughs> and that's probably thanks to the work of the uh, chairman of the Stark County Democratic Party, Randy Gonzalez. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Randy Gonzalez. Yeah. So, by the way, you know Ohio in that time has slipped from blue to purple to red. Thanks a lot, Randy Gonzalez. Yeah. What happened to your stranglehold? I bet Stark. I, I just bet if we look, we'd see, uh, we'd say Hillary Clinton carried Stark County easily. <laughs> Well, yeah, let's. Yeah. Let, of course, we should look. We're not yeah. done. Politics does not touch football. Politics <laughs> is winner take all. It always has been, and it always will be. 
quoting Abba. <laughs> He's quoting Abba for Christ's sake. Okay, go ahead. Later tonight, I want to develop and expand my campaign for what I believe is the greatest strength of the Stark County Republican Party, and that is its people. I believe in the axiom that all politics is local. It didn't turn out local. Everybody knew who Phil Davison was. <laughs> Phil, I got news for you. Went national. <laughs> I want to harness the thoughts and ideas that individuals in our party have concerning Star County and its political subdivisions. Political, political subdivisions. And use that to its fullest extent. Knowledge is power. Here it comes. Let's tap into this knowledge and use it as a tool to win the treasurer's office. Let's use this knowledge not only as a tool, but as a weapon. Okay, by the way, I just did the hand motions. I remember from the tape, the North remembers. Okay, he did the hand motions where he said, you could use it as a tool or as a weapon. <laughs> Again, befitting of Stark County. All right, let's keep going. We must win this election. If nominated tonight, I will win this election. And I'm gonna say that again, so there's no miscommunication tonight. If nominated tonight, I win. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell Randy Gonzalez. I'm coming. <laughs> for the win, for the win. Well, uh, suffice it to say, he did not win. <laughs> in, in 2012, uh, Barack Obama carried Stark County uh, over Mitt Romney, 49.3 to 48.8. Beat him 89,400 to 88,500, so about 900 votes. So this obviously means that Trump uh, won uh, Stark County. By 30,000 votes, 17 points. Wow, 17 points. Yeah. So, so, so Barack Obama basically broke even, won it slightly, gained 900 votes, and Trump won it by 30,000 votes. Wow. 96,000 to 66. Consider that stranglehold broken. So the stranglehold is broken, yes. <laughs> Man, that, that story was, uh, Phil Davidson's hilarious, that was awesome, it never gets old. You can listen to it at any time in your life, it never ever gets old. But I, I like the way we ended on a depressing note by realizing that holy shit, we have lost Stark County. <laughs> we have lost Stark County in dramatic fashion. Yeah, Seventeen point win for Donald Trump there. Wow, the Lannisters rule Stark County, but or the Boltons do. Yeah, but so in many ways, could Stark, get it back. Like Stark County is 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 emblematic of what happened in Ohio. Yeah, because Trump won Ohio by nine points. Come on, it would be fun if. Uh, if if I ran a political campaign, I'm not going to. It's not what I got. Other jobs, many jobs, strong jobs, big jobs. Uh, but uh, if I was, let's say, running Bernie's campaign, Elizabeth Warren's campaign, it doesn't matter, right? Uh, I I would put my headquarters in Kentucky. Okay, I'm like, we're gonna win Kentucky. That's what we're gonna do. Okay, people be like, what the hell? What do you do? You're crazy, right? No, I'm shifting the land, the whole landscape, and so. That I, I would insist on it so strongly. You'd be telling Mitch McConnell you're coming. That's exactly right. right. That's exactly right. Okay, and it would, it would cause them to shift their focus and their resources to try to win Kentucky. Yeah, I know. You're, right. You're not, you're not the first person to have that general idea. Right. Well, I would be the first person to execute that. To idea. put the yes, to put an office, to put the main office in Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I. I'm crazy. I think we could win Kentucky. I think we could win anywhere, but we have to run super strong populist. Little, a shade below Phil Davison, don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we, we do want to hit the ground running, maybe or maybe jogging, maybe jogging, mm. not quite as uh, running as, vocifer as vociferously. No, you don't run vociferously, but still, um, uh, as, uh, as, as Phil Davison. Yes, I just I'm looking at so Obama got basically beat 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 Romney fifty one forty eight in uh, in uh, Ohio in mm -hmm. two thousand twelve, and then Trump won it by nine. Like um, and yet somehow and barely won Stark County. So Stark County was tilted more toward Romney than the rest of the state. 
Mm-hmm. You know, the Democrats probably won five counties in Ohio. They just mm-hmm. won the big counties around the big cities, but there were enough people in there to carry it. But it's just, it's a trip. What I'm basically doing is I'm complimenting Randy Gonzalez. Like, Stark County is pretty clearly split or perhaps perhaps maybe even Republican. And yet, Randy Gonzalez has a stranglehold yeah. uh, with the strength of the Republican Party, the Democratic Party in Stark County. Here's one thing we know about Randy Gonzalez. You don't f- with him. Yeah. Because there's no way that Phil Davison got any information wrong in his speech. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. Um, but, you know, here's a stunning fact. Um, Ohio is right next to Kentucky. Uh, so it's actually, we should be spreading, like, like Democrats should be winning and going from, from down from Ohio to Kentucky to win, right? Instead, the Republicans are going the opposite direction. They're going up from Kentucky to capture Ohio. Uh, and it's because we're losing the culture wars. I mean, so I broke out this thing. It's not worth putting up the quadrants again. And I put it up on the Young Turks today. But um, it was a great point by Zach Beauchamp, writing for Vox, wrote a really strong article. Big article, strong article. Uh, but seriously, it was a great article, and I want to give him credit for it. And he, he put up these uh, quadrants of uh, where Trump voters and Democratic voters are in the scale of uh, economically liberal and socially liberal, and or in conservative. So on social issues, um, the country is split. Uh, it is 50-50. Um, so there are plenty of Republicans and some Democrats in the socially conservative quadrants, right? And then there's plenty of Democrats, very little Republicans in the socially liberal quadrants, mm-hmm. okay? But it's evenly split. In economics, uh, the Democrats are all the way on socially liberal. It's sure, of course, a little spread, but pretty concentrated on social, uh, sorry, economically liberal. Um, conservatives are center right economically, but they're not all the way to the right. There's almost no one to the, uh, at the, and of that spectrum, okay? Um, and there are a whole bunch of Republicans that are economically liberal. Now, but the thing is, they don't know it because the Republican Party switched it to a culture war instead of a political war, or a policy war, or an ideological war. That's right. And, um, and so that's how they were able to capture Ohio, even though the people in Ohio, if you break it down issue by issue, as is the case in almost every state, are actually very progressive. I think it's simplified to say it's a culture war. It's because it's a culture war, it's a personality war, right? And they're much mm-hmm. more effective at taking people down in a meaningful way, right? Mm-hmm. No question, Democrats can play that game too to some extent with the binders full of women. But that was the thing he said, mm-hmm. right? And it just showed the awkwardness that the Republican Party is about inclusion in women, even though it didn't make that line, didn't make Romney a sexist, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also the effective nature that they had of and why I was so you know why it was so tricky for me at least to participate in what I thought some of it that went on here in denigrating Hillary Clinton beyond the appropriate denigration that she mm-hmm. had earned right but they turned her into a monster rather than just a super Republicans flawed did. Republicans did, right? And so they're doing it again because that's sort of, you know, it's it, it, Elizabeth Warren is not uh, like is, is likely to be far more vilified for the nonsensical stuff than she is for the policy stuff, yeah. right? And the stuff that she's legitimately fought for, in fact, that won't even come up. Republicans are not going to rip Elizabeth Warren for fighting to establish the computer, the, the consumer financial, what was it called? Protection Bureau. The, 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 consumer, the consumer Financial Protection Bureau because consumers will think, that sounds great. Yeah, right. right? Yeah. I like that bureau. Yeah. Thank you for setting up that bureau. But they're so good at turning this into little bits of the culture, which I would just call personality wars. And it's steeped in culture, though. But uh, uh, and that's the, yes, they're incredibly effective at that. And because I, uh, the what I, this was all leading to my conversation, I'll betray a little family information here. Our, our, my mother-in-law is staying with us, right? And she's a lovely mm-hmm. woman. And uh, um, but she uh, and she's a Trump support, supporter, as I have mentioned before, a Hillary hater and a Trump supporter. And, mm-hmm. um, and we've had some pretty good conversations about it. She always gives up early in the conversation, says that I'm too smart. She's selling herself short. You know, she doesn't. She wants to get out of the conversation quickly. It's a nice way of getting out of the conversation. Right. You could go with a bio break, right. but right. she instead goes with you know. Yeah, but it's, she really doesn't want to talk about it because she, I, she knows she and she'll tell you she she can't. 
back up what she says, right? Uh -huh. She's like, I just pay, I just know. Because it's emotional. Right. It's emotional for her, right. And, uh, uh, but she said that uh, she, it's possible, you know, she she might move out here and live with us at least for part of the year and with one of her other daughters for another part of the year because she's got a grandkid here and she's a really great grandmother. And so, um, and and she was like, but I would need to work. You know, she wants to have a lot of money and she'd like to work. And she was, she found out that the minimum wage here in California, it's like 13 bucks, it's like 15 where I live. And I think it's 15 coming to California. And, mm -hmm. And she's like, it's only like seven dollars and change in Pennsylvania. It's crazy, right? Yeah, yeah, it's seven twenty-five yeah. national. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and so, and she, it's maybe that's what it is in Pennsylvania. She's like, so it's terrible. It's where she lives, Pennsylvania. So her vote for Trump was particularly egregious. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, uh, and I was like, yeah. So she's like, you know, fifteen dollars an hour. It sounds pretty great. And I was like, well, I'm driving her back home before we dropped our daughter off at school today this morning. I said, well, I don't want to start an argument here, Ann. But uh, you know, who's fighting for fifteen dollars an hour? <laughs> And you know who's opposing it, right? Yeah. She's like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. No, but that's right, exactly right, right, though. But she wanted it. She but wants that, fifteen dollars. But that, that right, yeah. that thirty-second conversation mm. is the epitome of what happened in Stark County. <laughs> yeah. No, I think no, you're right. I think seriously, you're right. all yeah. across the country. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Mm. Uh, but wait, Missouri, you voted overwhelmingly, nearly two-thirds, to increase the minimum wage. The Democrats are in favor of increasing the minimum wage. The Republicans are against it. But yet, you also voted overwhelmingly to kick Claire McCaskill out of office. Now, I got no love for Claire McCaskill, but her opponent was way worse and does not agree with you on policy, and will try to lower the minimum wage. Okay, right. and, and these Republicans—they've been look. The gaslighting from Republicans is unbelievable. They're fighting for the common man, right? That's the biggest gaslight ever, 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 ever. ever. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, what they should run on is that honestly, hey man, I'm gonna let you keep your guns and there's not gonna be any government regulation and you'll be uh, subject to the whims of big business. I think that's the best way for America to be run. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's okay, right? Uh -huh. I mean, but also, you know, my, my more educated Republican friends who I got into a, one, I got into a big argument with, um, because when we were debating, uh, he, these guys hate Elizabeth Warren, right? Wall, the Wall Street guys. Right? Oh yeah, they yeah, hate, yeah. They hate Elizabeth Warren. They, they, they attribute quotes to her that were just not said. Uh -huh. You know, she called us monsters. They, she called, they, you uh -huh. know, they said that I'm, you know, we're destroying America. Like, I don't think she said that. <laughs> but I just think she wanted to put the bad guys in jail. I don't know. I said I don't know why you don't want to put the bad guys in jail. They give the good guys like you, uh -huh. you know, a bad name. A bad name, right? Just like I don't understand why like cops. Like a monster. Like I don't understand why <laughs> cops don't want bad cops put away, right? Yeah. Make your job harder, right? So. Does but then, make you wonder, though. Right, but then when they'd say, what about a 70% tax rate? And I've used the argument with you. I've said, well, first of all, again, I kept saying 70 million, 70% after 10 million. And that's her starting point. First of all, she's not in power. Secondly, it won't be 70%, but wouldn't it be nice if we had a meaningful conversation about it? I go, what if there was a 56%, right? uh -huh. there's a number, yeah. right? You know, yeah. 51%, there's a number. They're all they're just numbers. They're, they're all numbers. It's just numbers. numbers. You pass it out, you make a deal, shake hands. There's a lot of people involved in this process. But why don't we start? She's making a starting argument from a strong position, right? That's, That's right. right. Mm, um, love that. And uh, uh, and it's got the country talking about it. And she goes, "Tell me one country where a tax rate like that has worked." The United States in the fifties. Don't use that argument. There's nothing about the United States in the fifties that applies now. <laughs> I forget that happened twice in the conversation. Yeah. Don't use that fifties argument again. Well, okay. Oh, well, you asked me. <laughs> you asked me. Right, right. Country where it works. It was this country and it was here and. There's nothing that you can compare from the 1970s to <laughs> nothing. So why are we trying to make America great again? Yeah, right, right. Well, I thought, all right. So <laughs> nothing about the 50s in America that is anything like 2018 in America. Well, that's why, partly why I brought up the quadrants. My guess is your friends are Democrats. I think uh, one of them is, and one of them is a Republican, but I'm not sure about the the the. But they, they, even the guy who I think is a Democrat, I think you, I mean, I'm certain. Well, they both voted for Hillary. One of them, I think, they, I know they both voted for Hillary. Yeah, so yeah. They, they're not bad guys. They just live in that bubble, like we were talking yeah, about, right. about yeah, in the yeah, beginning. Oh, of they're show. definitely not bad guys. They're yeah. like good guys. Yeah, yeah. and so uh, and th that that's the thing, right? So uh, there there is actually not too many people that are in the quadrant of socially liberal, economically conservative. The folks that are in that bubble. There are not too many people who are socially liberal. And economically conservative. Even though that's a thing that so many people say they are. Exactly, why do they, where do they say it? 
on TV. Yeah. Because almost everyone on TV is socially liberal and economically conservative. Everyone who is rich and powerful is socially liberal and economically conservative. Not everyone, but a lot are. So you're saying there are more people who are economically liberal and socially conservative than there are people. If you see here, I have the question, we don't have to put it up, but I have it for you here, Ben. I love it when. I love it when you, you guys just put up quadrants that are like designed to be in a newspaper article and you put them on TV and expect people to understand it. Oh, no, this no. is very helpful, thank you. No, <laughs> no, I had to explain it for quite some time because I remember I looked at it when I was reading and I was like, like wait. This is literally what he gave me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, say no more, I got it. <laughs> no, you have to look at it for this a minute. This is a blood Let's, splatter. Um, yes, all right. you have to look at it for a minute. But when you look at it for a minute and you will see this happen in a, in a countdown and 25, 24, <laughs> 23, where Ben will go, oh, okay, yeah, 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 I see it, right? And so since we hear it all the time that, oh, wow, man, there's this uprising of people. If only there was a, a, a person, a candidate, or a party that was socially liberal and economically conservative would catch on fire. No, it wouldn't. There's three people in the country that are that Right, way. and of course, and, and because the reality is it makes no sense. I mean, if you're it going, doesn't make no sense, and I'll be right, and I'll be a fair here. I was in that tiny quadrant, right? right you thought you were. Uh, I thought I was. Right. I thought I, when I was a liberal Republican, I was socially liberal, economically conservative. Which basically meant get out of people's bedrooms, gay people, and their boardrooms. Right, get, get, gay people <laughs> are great. Uh, gay people are great, and 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 everybody should be you should be allowed to marry who you want. And racism is awful, um, but. Uh, but if we've gotten anything wrong and people need help, I don't want to pay to fix it. Yeah, that's right. And I, yeah. I don't want you to, you know, overregulate, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And we got to care about deficits. And it's what now some and Zach Brochamp referred to it as such as well, uh, referring to it as light libertarianism. That's okay. right. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's and, and so ideologically, I get it, I, and I partly lived it, but it's wrong. No, that's no, why I'm not that yeah, anymore. No, I, I get it, that's why people on TV say it, because it sounds good. It means yeah. be careful, I'm gonna be careful with your money, but I wanna give freedom. That's all, right? Yeah, it, it sounds like it's the I'm freedom pro part. pro-freedom and pro-keeping pro, pro, and pro keeping your money. Yeah, but as it turns out, Americans aren't buying it. No, They're, because if you're liberal, that means you want government investment in making things better. That's mm -hmm. literally what it is, right? Yeah, and when you go and ask conservatives, uh, okay, um, would, do you want to uh, balance the budget uh, if it means we cut Social Security and Medicare? No. Their answer is no, it's not no, it's no, no way, right? Because they're real people. They're like, they would, I, I, I worked my whole life at, to make sure I have a little bit of something when I retire, and that's Social Security, and, and I need the Medicare because. My wife is sick. Are you nuts? I no. Mean, I don't right? need the money for Social Security, right? I mean, I'm not rich, right? But I'm doing mm -hmm. all right. But mm -hmm. and who knows where I'll be in, in 14 years, right? But mm -hmm. I mean, my brother is in the basically same financial situation, probably a little better off because he doesn't have a kid. Um, and he was on TV for much longer. Yeah, and he doesn't know how to love. Um, so oh. the uh, <laughs> uh, no, but he. Uh, um, so he. Uh, um, so I'm like, you know, you're going to get like. $3,500 a month, just tax-free in two years. It's amazing. And he's like, <laughs> right, because who wouldn't, everyone wants that. No, my Fantastic. dad, my dad is like, this is amazing. This is amazing, it right, is. Yeah. But the thing is, you did, you, you, you did. You earned it. it your whole life, that's, that's right. your retirement that's money, right? right? And so when people are like, do you mind if I steal your retirement money so we give about a theoretical budget and deficit, blah, 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 right, yeah. right? Yes. they're like, yeah, I mind. Yeah, I mind, yeah, I I mind, mind I, greatly. I mind very much. I yeah. might murder you. <laughs> right, yeah. Right? Like, just kidding and all that. But, like, that's why there aren't any economic conservatives. Uh, so, uh, and, and so it's it's just a, it's a, it's mythology put forward by Pete Peterson, who is an incredibly wealthy man who spent $500 million. This is amazing. $500 million. To try to cut Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid, so we can balance the budget. He put that into politicians' pockets. He did think tanks. He did like giant conferences, and that's where famously Bill Clinton and Paul Ryan were caught on camera talking behind the curtain, literally in that case, before they were going to go out and give 
a talk talking about, oh, we gotta cut Social Security and Medicare, right? And Bill Clinton's like, yeah, 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 we gotta cut it, right? So I'm exaggerating a little bit about the intensity of that language, but it that was definitely the essence of that conversation, and everybody understood it as such, and that's why it was controversial, right? And and then when Pete Peterson died last year, Nancy Pelosi with a flowery, overwhelmingly praising speech about all oh, the great Pete Peterson, etc. Because he pumped a giant amount of money into those politicians' pockets. And guess what? It still didn't work. Because people love Social Security and Medicare and they believe, whether they realize it or not, they believe in economic liberalism, okay? And so that's why Howard Schultz ain't going nowhere. CNN can give him a thousand town halls, it ain't gonna make well, any difference. they're not gonna give him another town hall, did you see the ratings? No. They were horrible. Of course they were, of course they were. But why, think about it, right? So uh, why are they giving Howard Schultz a, a town hall? Like if you came out, Ben, and said, all right, I'm gonna run as an independent, okay? I'm gonna be socially liberal, economically conservative. I'm against extreme left and the extreme right. You know what you get? Buffkiss. Right. Okay. Well, CNN because I'm, you know, it's a Turner thing, so they no, they wouldn't. Really. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. seriously, like I, I couldn't get a hundred dollars from CNN to do a movie review. <laughs> that actually happened once. Yeah. <laughs> I did it and for it, free for like a year, and I was like, hey, can I just get like a hundred dollars a movie? No, you're out. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, how that went. <laughs> so, uh, the art of the deal. <laughs> Can I, can I just like maybe a hundred bucks? No, in fact, you'll never be allowed out again. <laughs> I, I was literally paying for the movies myself. I was like going to the movies, losing money. <laughs> so why, why did CNN give him a town hall? Because he's a billionaire. This is a billionaire. That's, that's it, period. And I mean, he's, a billion, he's not just a billionaire, he's a, uh, in, in their moderate defense, he, and he owns a, uh, you know, one of the five or six most famous um, you know, food brands in the country. Yeah, yeah, I get it, I get it, but I'm not but sure. But it doesn't mean it, like it, it is very, very, very little small indication of of whether he would be successful in politics. Right, right. I mean, you have to be rich. I mean, a famous. I imagine if a if a celebrity who wasn't that rich did it, they might get it too. Yeah, but uh, but if it was. So, Part of what you're saying is, hey, look, it's a big, uh, successful company, and he ran a successful company, so maybe he could be successful in other fields. If you came out and you were an incredibly successful scientist, do you think you'd get a town hall? No way. Right. Well, scientist is a good question because, of course, the scientist should. I'm trying to think of. Suppose you were a. Uh, suppose you were a very powerful and important teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, isn't that the saddest thing in the world? A loser teacher. Yeah, that's what they would do. Did you? Did you catch that? What? That's what Donald Trump Jr. referred to the teachers when he went down to in El Paso. He's like, glad to see so many young people in there. I'm paraphrasing. He's like, glad to see all these young people down there. He's warming up the crowd for his dad. Yeah. You know, glad to see these young young people down there. That's great. You know, you know what's right. You know what's great for America. You're not taking all this liberal stuff from those loser teachers. Loser teachers. Oh God, they're yeah. such bad people. Yeah. they're such bad people. All right, look, more on the podcast. We're gonna wrap up a little bit more on the culture wars. And speaking of which, Oral Roberts. If you never hear, if you never heard Oral Roberts talk about the orifices of the body, you're in for a treat. tyt.com slash join to become a member, get all of Old School and all the archives of Old School. Thanks for listening to this free clip of Old School. To get the full episodes and more exclusive content, become a TYT member today. You'll love it. Join now at tyt.com slash join.